Okay, we're on Hey I'm a Bet, about five lines down. Something like that. Uh, more than five lines, about eight lines down. We just quoted a passage from Kohala, Tovim Hashanah Hayachad, because we got the proper rendition of the story about uh, Rebbe and things like that. And we said like this. Now, the Rebbe is the second one in the line. I have. For Rebbe Hechi Natanit Purim. So we had the story that Rebbe was planting uh, saplings on Purim. So the question is, how could he do this? The Atani Rav Yosef, but we learned that Rav Yosef, or Rav Yosef taught us that we have this line in the Megillah as the day of Simcha Mishteh and Yom Tov, gladness, Mishteh, uh, um, like, um, fest- you know, like having like meals, festive meal, and Yom Tov. Simcha the word Simcha teaches us that these days of Purim are prohibited in eulogies. Mishteh, having the festive meal, Melamesh Yasser B'Tanit, tells us you're not allowed to fast. The Yom Tov, Melamesh Yasser B'Asiyah Melacha, teaches us you're not allowed to do Melacha. And even though maybe we would say, maybe like, wouldn't be exactly the same definition as we have on Shabbat or Yom Tov necessarily, but at least like Cholamoi or something like that, that certain basic Melachot and planting a tree certainly would fall into that category. So how could Rebbe do that? Kamar says, Allah, rather it must be the Rebbe Bar Arbesa Hava. Rebbe must have been a Bar Arbesa, I mean a Ben of the 14th of, the day, of, the 14th of uh, Adar, that he uh, observed Purim on the 14th. V'kinatan, when he was planting, Bechamesar Nata, he planted on the 15th. Okay, so for him that wasn't Purim. So that was okay, so that was the, that was apparent, maybe that was the story. Kamar says, Andy, is that so? But Rebbe, Rebbe the Nasi, lived in Tiveria. But Tiveria was surrounded by a wall from the time of Yoshua. So it can't be, because he would have to observe it on the 15th. Allah, so fine, so we could just flip, flip it. It must be that Rebbe Bar Chamesar Hava, so he was a Ben Chamishasar, he observed on what we call Shushan Purim. The Kinatam, and he planted Be'ar Besar Hava, so he planted on the 14th. Okay. Or ask me, Pshita laid the Tiveri Mukavit Chamami Motu Shobi Nun? Is it so clear? Is it so obvious that Tiveria really is uh, surrounded by a wall from the time of Yoshua? Bechizkia, Kari Bitaveria, Be'ar Besar, Ubechamesar, Bechizkia, he used to read the Megillah in Tiveria both on the 14th and on the 15th. Why? Misapkale, he was uh, in doubt, Imu Kavit Chamami Motu Shobi Nun, he, Ilo, whether it was uh, surrounded by a wall from Yoshua's time or not. So is it so? So how can you answer so clearly that Rebbe was a Ben Chamisha? Sorry, he planted on the fourteenth. Mars says no. Lechizkia mesapkalei, the Rebbe b'shitalei. Look, for Chizkia, he had a doubt. Rebbe didn't have a doubt. Meaning, just because one person has a suffix in halacha doesn't mean that you know, objectively speaking, it has to be a suffix. Maybe Rebbe didn't have a suffix, so he treated perhaps Tveria as a place you you uh, you observe on the fifteenth. So he was able to plant his chaplings on the fourteenth. Yeah. But obviously, Chizkiah came before Rebbe, so like, how are we... I don't know if he's before necessarily. I think they're contemporaries. I think they're contemporaries. Oh, really? I think so. Consider it today. I'm not sure what we say about Tiveria. We'll see. We're going to have more discussion about Tiveria later on. Practically speaking, I don't think so, but I'm not totally sure. Okay? It says, V'chibshita le'mishari. And the Gemara says, well, even if it is obvious to him, is it still, uh, is it still uh, permissible for him to plant? V'aktiv, but it's written b'migilat tanit in migilat tanit, right? Which is his book of all the different days where you're not allowed to fast and things like that, right? It's not masachat tanit, but masachat tanit is built a lot on migilat. That's et yom arba'a asar v'et yom chamisha asar. So right end of fifteen days of Adar, yom epurya inun. These are the days delola mispad b'hon, not to eulogize. V'amar Rav and Rav says lo nitzracha ella leasorat shalzeh bezeh bechalzeh bezeh. Rav says the only reason it was necessary 
right? It was only necessary to list these days in Megillah Ta'anit, because otherwise you just look in the Megillah, you know that Purim is a special day, to tell us that you can't, that the, to prohibit from one day to the other, meaning that if you're a 14th person, you still can't do these things on the 15th, and vice versa. So if that's the case, even if Rebbe is observing the 15th in Tiberia, he's still not allowed to plant on the 14th, you would say, because the same observances seem to apply both on the 14th and the 15th, whether or not you are actually observing the full Purim. So Gemara answers, that these words, when the Megillah Tani tells us about the uh, observances of both the 14th and 15th, that's only for the limited area of the eulogies, no eulogies, and fasting. They're not allowed to fast. When it comes to the prohibition of doing melacha, of doing work, that's only one day. That's the response. Okay, so again, so that would be the thing, that even though we say the 14th and 15th, right, if you observe your um, Purim, you guys will, in Yerushalayim this year, so even on, even on Yudalit, even on what we call regular Purim, you would not be allowed to eulogize or fast or things like that. You wouldn't say tachadu and all those things. But, um, but you would be allowed to do melacha. That's the idea here. Okay? So Gemara says, Any, is that so? But Rab saw a certain man who was Shadi Kitna means he was planting flax on Purim, and he cursed him. And his flax did not grow. So again, so why so if, if you're telling me that Malacha is permitted on the other day that you're not observing, well then why would Rab get upset at this person? Umar says, Hatam Bar Yomahava. Okay, if he says, no, the reason he got upset is because that guy was planting the flax on the day that was his perm. Okay, so, right, so this, is a, this is a funny Gemara, like it's asking a lot of like, well, how can you say that? And we come up with like these very clever responses, which are, again, reasonable suggestions how to understand these stories. Yeah. Isn't it a little strange, like, the story, it's like someone looking at another person saying, oh, that person is doing Malacha, but the whole point is that maybe your day versus their day is different. That person could very easily be doing Malacha, admittedly, you can, and to you it's forbidden. Right, but it would be, well, yes and no, meaning like, if you're, permanent all goes based on where you are, not where you come from. So, like, if you're in that city, that's what you're seeing. Like, you're seeing what you should be observing. You know what I mean? Like, if you guys, for instance, if you guys decide to come to, the, let's say, to, uh, you guys went to Tel Aviv. Perm, let's say, Perm, you're off on Perm, right? So, even the 14th. You guys are going to observe Perm on the 15th. But the 14th, you're basically off. So, let's say you went to Perm, to, 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 what's, the, what's the Tel Aviv Perm scene? So, you go there for Tuesday night. So, the truth is, you can put yourself in a state of obligation. So, if you're going to sleep over in Tel Aviv on Purim night, you have to hear Megillah at night. In the morning, you have to have a suit. You have to do my You have to send me note. You can create an obligation. And then you go back to Yushalayim, you'll do it twice. Exactly. You're Same thing for us. You're not Yotze from the first time? It's not about Yotze. Wherever, if you're, you're going to spend. You'd be Chayav twice, exactly. So, are you, are you so, we do the 14th in the front, as we do the 14th, but we come in on the 15th twice. I come in at night. For like a, a giga and in the morning for the Suda, but since I don't sleep over, I don't have the obligation. But if I were to sleep over to like make it easier, I would have all the same obligations. Yeah, we'll see that later. Yeah. You do vice versa. Could you have no problem? That's an interesting theoretical possibility. Interesting. I think it is theoretically possible, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. But why would you want to? Perm's the best holiday. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only, that's why we did it, right? We get one opportunity to avoid the holiday, but it's the best holiday, so you don't want to avoid it. Okay. Um, Okay, so the Gemara explains as follows. Rabba Breda Rava Amar, Rabba the son of Rabba said, Afilu Tema, I think it means, uh, what is it here? Biyome Have Hesped. Uh, oh, sorry. Afilu Tema Biyome, even if it was his day though, 
they accepted not to do Hesped and Tanit, but they didn't actually accept this prohibition of Malacha. So now we're saying, wait a second, maybe the prohibition of Malacha is actually not as significant as we thought originally. Maybe it says, it's true, it did say before, we had a little like a mini drasha sort of, right? We said, Simcha Mishteh Yom Tov, is that what we said? Yeah. It said, Simcha Mishteh Yom Tov, and we said Yom Tov is implying Isser Malacha. He's saying, yeah, but the people didn't really accept the Isser Malacha. They really only accepted the issue of Hasbin and Tanit. Why? The Gemara says, to me, Ikaraktiv Simcha Mishtevi Originally, one of the Pesukim says Simcha Mishtevi It says all three. But of a soap, but later it goes back to repeat and it just says, Exiv, La Soto To Yomi Mishtevi Simcha. To make them days of Mishte and Simcha. Fiidu Yom Tov Logtiv. But it doesn't repeat the word Yom, the phrase Yom Tov again. And that seems to imply that the Yom Tov is not actually as significant, and that's why the people didn't seem to really observe that. Okay, so now we're saying that's not really usher to do the malach at all. So Gemara says, but El Arav, so maybe that's why Rebbe planted the, the saplings. The El Arav, my time malachia, who govern. But then why did Rav curse the guy who's planting? Right? It, like, there are all these different stories going around, so you can explain one person's opinion, but if you understand what they're doing, we have to understand the other opinions. So why is he cursing this guy who's doing it? It says as follows, Lehu gavra dvarim hamutarin v'acherim nahagu behen ha'isr hava. It was a, a, a situation of things that are basically a fundamentally permissible at the, at the core level, but other people, um, they, they um, behaved in a way that made it asur. In the place of Rebbe, it wasn't um, customary. Meaning that this is a thing that sort of like different places had different customs about doing malacha on Purim. In the Rebbe's place, apparently it was it was okay, it was customary not to avoid malacha. But in Rav's place, apparently it was customary not to do malacha. So in Rav's situation, it was appropriate for him to get upset at the person who was doing malacha, because that's not the community standard. In Rebbe's place, it was acceptable to do malacha because it wasn't the standard. Okay, so that's one possible answer. V'i by name alternatively, le'olam nahug, really it always uh, is practiced, meaning there is an Easter of Melacha. The Rebbe was planting a planting of Simcha, particularly, particularly joyous planting. Kiditnan, as we learned a long time ago, Masecha Tanit, Avru Elu Velo Na'anu, if these days uh, of uh, you know, asking for rain passed and they haven't been answered, Mema'atin Bimasa Umatan, we, we uh, reduce the amount of business we do, Bibinyan, the amount of building we do, Uvenitiya, and with planting. Right? So those are signs of sort of growth. We're experiencing lack of rain, so as a sign of sort of like uh, mourning it almost rain and asking for, you know, in Shuva, we sort of reduce those, uh, we diminish those activities. Be'erisin, and also, we, were, we don't, we sort of back off on having uh, Kiddushin and Nisuin. Betana Alana taught on that particular Mishnah, Binyan, what type of building are we talking about? Binyan shal simcha, a building of joy. And Nitian, Nitian shal simcha, and the planting is the planting of joy. Ezehu Binyan shal simcha, what's the building of joy? Zehabone beit chatnut libno, it's building a house of a, like a wedding house for your son. Planting of simcha is planting some type of like king's orchard. So the idea would be that that type of planting is what's prohibited in the case of, excuse me, what we don't do in the case of mourning. So when we're looking to do the opposite, on Purim, dafka like a netiyah of shal simcha would be in the spirit of the day. Regular netiyah would not be in the spirit because we have an isra malacha. But a netiyah shal simcha 
would be, you know, would evoke the proper emotions for the day, so that would be good. So maybe that's what Rebbe was doing. So there's a few different possibilities uh, of that. Okay? Great. So that was a long explanation of what Rebbe was doing, why he was planted. Gufa. Let's go back to something that came up during that discussion. So Chizkia, he observed Purim both on the 14th and 15th. He had a suffix. He was in doubt whether Tveria was a walled city. Is it true? Did he really have a doubt about this matter of Tveria? Fakti, but it's written in Sefer Yoshua itself. The fortified cities, and fortified usually means has a wall, uh, are Tsar and Hamat and Reket and Kineret. Okay, those are the names of the cities. For Kaimalan, and we, ha- we establish Reket Zotaveria. We have a Messiah that Reket is Taveria. Okay, so then you have the record. It says in Sefer Yoshua that record was a fortified city. Mar says no. Here's the reason he had the doubt. Because in Tiberia, one of the walls was the line of the sea. Okay, right. You know Tiberia is right by the sea, right? So one of the one of the one of the sides of the thing. You didn't have a wall there because you had the the sea. I guess Yam Kinneret. It wasn't totally walled in, exactly. Um, so if that's the case, that's not totally surrounded by walls, that one side is, is just the ocean, or the, no, not the ocean, really, we know it is, right, the lake. Uh, right, it's, it's not a choma. So, so, excuse me, so it's not a subject, it's definitely not a choma, definitely not a wall. How do we know that? The Tanyas, they have a bright down. Asher lo choma, I think we saw this before, right, about Batei Arei choma. Did we talk about Batei Arei choma? No? Did we talk about did we talk about it? No, I don't think so. Maybe that's in Kiddush. I'm getting confused. Asher lo the halacha is that generally speaking, a person's property is returned to him even if he sold it. He gets it back during the, uh, the Yovil year. Okay? An exception to the rule is if, you're, if your property, like a house, in a walled city, so after a year, essentially, of like having an opportunity to buy back the house, like you can quote-unquote redeem the house, after that it's sold in perpetuity and there's nothing else to talk about. Okay? But that's only... That's in Kiddush, right? <clears throat> so that's only... Uh, that's if you, uh, that's for Batei Rechoma. So it says, the time, Asher Lochoma, Velo Shur Iger Saviv. Okay, and it, so it says that it has a wall which comes to excuse, uh, comes to exclude, excuse me, a shore, like a line of Iger, Iger is of, of roofs around, meaning uh, roof, roof. Okay, like let's say, for instance, that you have a bunch of houses that are on the outskirts of the city, they're like that, right, and they form, like the houses put together, they form a wall. Okay, so from the outside it is a wall, but functionally it's not really a wall because those houses are are basically exposed. So that is not that does not count as a walled city for the purpose of that halacha b'teirachoma. And the Gemara says prat, uh, it says there prat la teveria she yama chomata, and it comes to exclude teveria, whose sea right the yam yam shela is its wall. Right, so you see, so why are you having a something about it? It's very clear from the halacha b'teirachoma that teveria is not counted as one of those cities. Gemara answers no. When it comes to the walled city for the purpose of that type of din, where the house you know, would not go back to its original owners, that's, there's no doubt at all, you're right. But the question is, can you compare, just because we have two halachot about walled cities, the din is the same, and the definition is the same for the walls. So the concept of Tehre Choma, but here, and he had a subject, it's about my prazimu my mukafim. Let's define our terms. One is the open city, and one is the walled city. That's written, the comes to the reading of the Megillah. 
Now, is it? Mishum dahani miglu vahani lo miglu. Is it because these are miglu, like the word galui, these are open, like revealed, right, unprotected, and these are not? That's one possibility of what the walled city do, does for you. But the walled city has this, makes the, the, the houses not revealed. Vahan nami miglaya. And these, these houses on the, on the seaside are revealed, they're open. Or is that these are protected and these are not protected, like the word magain, like a shield, right? So in that case, and these would be, right? If, you're, if you have a, houses by the sea, so that is a natural, uh, that is a natural um, um, you know, barrier that you can't just come in and like, you know, attack. You can't bring your soldiers. They can't walk on the water. So that's why he had this subject. Okay? All right. So that resolves that question. Okay, we don't, resolve, we don't answer the question, but that's why he had a subject. Rav Asi Kari Megillah Behutzal Barbesar Bechamesar. Rav Asi read the Megillah in this place called Hutzal on the 14th and the 15th. Why? He also had a doubt about this particular place, whether it was walled from Yeshua's time or not. Um, fine. Ika da Amre, sorry, Ika da Amar, some said, Amar Rav Asi, Rav Asi said, Hai Hutzal debate binyamin Mukavet Chomami Mot Yeshua Binunhi. I'm not too sure here, excuse me. Uh, some said that Rabbi Asi said this place called Hutzal uh, of Beit Binyamin was walled from the time of Yeshua. Um, okay. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, Kiavina Talia, he said, when I was a young boy, Talia, I guess, means like a Naar, Amina Milta de Sha'ina Lesabia, I said something that I asked my grandfather about, Ve'eshtakach Kamati, and it was found to be like me. So we'll leave a little bit of suspense what that in fact will be, but we'll uh, continue tomorrow. All right? Shkach, everybody.